0: you could support the podcast in any way, it would be greatly appreciated. Follow the link in the description to make a donation. You're very welcome to our special, all-around final preview edition of the Kerry Football Podcast. Uh, Delighted, as always, to be joined by Sean O'Sullivan and Barry John Keane. Of course, we're going to get into the big match very shortly. But uh, before we do, lads, I I have to to flag you on something. I I caught you... um, cheating on the podcast with other um, media outlets um Sean I think you were on you were on off the ball and Barry John you were doing something for 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 AIB so um a lack of loyalty there to the, to the podcast I think but uh Sean how did you get on with the uh, the boys on off the ball
1: Sorry well that Adam. I, I don't think I read the small print on the contract you <laughs> <use. It> just <laughs> um yeah, no, off the ball. Yeah, I, uh, I've i done a few bits and pieces for them before. Barry John, I think yeah, you were on as well a few times. In fact, I think there was... Do you remember when Dublin were going for the five in a row? They did this special drive for five. Do you remember we did something? I was yeah. up in the studio and you came in via, via uh, call online or, or on the phone. So, um, yeah, I have to say, lads, off the ball are, you know, they're like their content and their their production is just unbelievable really i when you think about it it's across all sports not just Gaelic football i mean they're they have their their youtube channel there that runs practically 24 hours you know with their otbam you know and they they've they just really really have brought i suppose, i suppose the online sports content to to a new level um you know, and really top quality guys, the likes of Joe Malai there, George Gilroy, uh, Shane Hennon, our own own Sheehan from, from Fiery's who, who's off traveling at the moment, you know, um, really good people. So yeah, anytime they get on to me, I've, I've, I've always been keen to, 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 uh, to offer, to offer my services because they're, and they're, and, and they're a really nice bunch as well, you know. Um, so I suppose it's, it's, you know, as an ex-player as well, it's kind of a nice way to stay in touch with the game. And, you know, when they ask you to come on, they, it's it's a very relaxed format. You know, um, I was on with John Duggan now a couple of times on the Saturday panel previewing the Tyrone and the Derry games. And John is really very much into um, just, you know, very, very, very much like here, you know, just as if you're sitting in a pub having a chat about the game, you know. And I think that's the way it should be. You know, I, I get that, you know, tree and analysts like to be serious and have their homework done, which is fair enough. But I think you get the best content sometimes when it's something similar to what we're doing here where it's very relaxed and you can allow fellas to express their opinions in that type of format, you know, which is why we always come on with you, Adam. You're our our first love. Don't don't get too jealous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you find it different when you're doing national media and uh, I suppose you're kind of representing Kerry? Do you feel that you have a a pressure there to – I don't know to 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 toe the party line a little bit compared to here, where it's all Kerry people listening to. You. Maybe you can be a bit more um, a bit more open with it.
1: I I think you do. Yeah, I do. I I I think you're. Um, I would find our podcast now kind of more parochial, I suppose. Whereas maybe you can, you're obviously leaning towards the Kerry side all the time. Whereas I suppose when you go on the national media and you know there's a, you're going to be open to the the, the wider audience. Let's say. Um, you do have to be careful a little bit. But at the same time, I don't think any of these uh presenters or producers are out to, you know, try and try and, you know, put you in put you into a hole or, you know, you're you're on there to give your honest opinion. And you know, you either you either go with that or you, you there's no point really being on because people can see through that pretty quickly a... What
0: about you, Barry John? How'd you get on with with AIB? I saw the um one of the headlines they were talking about um, the the incident in two thousand and eleven. Did you like that being uh, brought up again?
2: It is what it is, I suppose, isn't it? Um, there was a few bits, yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't use the mulligan one in anyway, but I enjoyed that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so they said they said that you'd like the headline was that uh, if you could take a mulligan on the, the tackle on uh, McMenamin in two thousand and eleven, that you would have taken it.
2: Uh, yeah, look, you have to take the good with the bad, and sure, that's that's the game. Um, other than that, it was fine. Um, it was enjoyable. Paddy Andrews was representing Dublin. Got a few pictures and uh, did a bit of media again. And like Sean said, it's it's keeping you in the loop and reminding you of other things. And I probably have to look at the stuff back for like maybe of this year, uh, between um, Kerry and Dublin, maybe last year. It just gives you maybe new thoughts of the game. Has, it, has much changed? What's coming in? Um, so it us up a bit.
0: Yeah, as long as the Kerry Football Podcast is always your number one priority. If there's a clash, ever right? Just the football podcast <laughs> ones first um so look before we get into the match there was interesting news came out last week uh with regards to Fitzgerald stadium the plans came out as part of this launch of their 150 members club which is uh an opportunity for for sponsors to come on board for five euro each uh, they're obviously trying to raise funds for the planning phase of the development um sean did you see the plans and what did you make of it i think Kerry supporters are on the fence I would say some are very excited about this idea of having a new stadium a state-of-the-art stadium others may be a bit concerned about the cost and is there a need for for um, you know an increased capacity for example uh, in Killarney
1: yeah I saw the plans Adam did I go into them in, in huge detail I didn't but um, I think it's progressive and I think it's positive Um I think maybe what might be going on as well is it's kind of going on in the backdrop of, is there kind of a little bit of controversy? Are Loud looking to do a new stadium? And was there little things going on there between themselves and the GA? Again, I'm not sure about the whole uh, um, discussion that was going on around that, but I know there was a little bit of controversy going on. So maybe the timing wasn't great either. But look, I can understand people's um, concern about cost, you know, in the current climate with everything so expensive. Um, especially uh, in relation to the construction industry, you know, I suppose we have to be very careful. Uh, I know the, you know, the, the the county board will have their ways of raising the funds. They've already started that, obviously, with this, you know, this this um, this incentive of of trying to get money in the door to to start the 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 um, the development phase. But I do think Fitzgerald Stadium needs this, Barry. I don't know. Do you agree or disagree? Listen, it's a fantastic playing surface. Has always been. Brilliant stadium, really. When they did the terracing, it, it brought it on that other bit. But I think it does. It it is at a stage now where, over the next five or ten years, I think it does need a bit of um, redevelopment. The stand, even though it's it's still good, as good as as, as a lot of stands out there, and, and better than a lot. I think it has probably seen its day, and it does definitely need um, a little bit of refurbishment. And I think just, you know. With with the G now being so open and stadiums being so open to other sports and, and certainly other events, I think if Fitzgerald Stadium is developed and modernized, then it definitely opens itself up to being one of the stadiums that's in the conversation when it comes to possibility of Ireland hosting soccer tournaments, rugby tournaments, big, big concerts. You know, Killarney is well able to cope. I know in the past, like the likes of Pink have played at Fitzgerald Stadium. Who's to say that if they don't, if they increase their capacity and re, remodernise the stadium, that that they couldn't go bigger with things like that? So I definitely think that it is time. But they just have to be careful in the current climate as to how they go about raising the funds. But I, I definitely think that Fitzgerald Stadium needs probably needs a little bit of a and a, a more upmarket look. It's been a fantastic servant to carry football, but it does need it now at this stage, I think.
0: Barry right, John, you're our Chile correspondent, so you'll probably see say the Stack Park needs more investment. But what do you reckon? Do you think Fisher Stadium needs an upgrade?
2: Um, yeah, look, in the last few years, I suppose the dress rooms have done a fine job to them. even probably for more for more, more people bringing their kids in just to see like even past players there I've seen, even Mahoney Mahani and I know they were young, but seeing their father on the pictures, like, and then you go into the dressing room, they're as close, you probably will get to poker and then you're lucky enough to see, facilitate the facilities above the gym. Lovely to stand, like Sean said, you'd probably get away with it. But it still is probably time to change. You know, money, money, hit money's the, the the reason behind all that. Um, so look, it is time, but I wouldn't be rushing. I wouldn't be rushing into the was Trying to raise a few pounds as well lately, so it could be pulling at a lot of people. And um, of course, when Kerry winning probably helps matters, I presume, in the backdrop. Um, in the next five years, if it did like it it'd look unreal, like I think it's. A, I mean the, the Armagh on TV anyway. I love I love looking at Armagh. Then for some reason Armagh and Mayo's is nice as well. So they are modernising it a bit. Cork is Cork is lovely. To be fair to them. So maybe we might need to go that way. But I think winning probably all arms is is more important you now than fixing up a stadium.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you brought up the Armagh one. I think um, if you could start from scratch and rebuild every GA stadium. In the country or every ma- major one, you would probably go a little bit smaller and have higher quality, if you know what I mean. So, like the Fishtail Stadium is—I don't know—is a thirty-eight thousand capacity at the moment. It's—it's it's never filled realistically; like it hasn't been filled in a while. Even for the Mayo game, we were expecting a big crowd, and it was—it was—it was nowhere near full. So, like, yes, it's great to have the facility for concerts and things like that. But from a sporting point of view, I think a lot of games get lost in the Fishtail Stadium. And if you had even. A more compact. If you t- looked at, like we'd say, a modern championship club stadium or something like that in, in the UK, where it's more enclosed, you might still have twenty five thousand, but it's like it's it's tighter. Club so games don't get lost in that kind of big, you know, bowl, which is the argument against holding county finals, for example, in Fisher Stadium. Um, Stack Park is definitely a better atmosphere for for the smaller games, like for the for the tighter for the tighter games. So, um, I would be on. This, I would be I would be cautious about it as well. That. I doubt they're going to make it smaller. So it's at 38,000. I don't I don't think they're going to to try and push that. I don't know if you can to be honest because the space is so big. Um so is there any need to make it bigger? Probably not, but it's definitely something that that's you know going to bring up a lot of debate I think in the next couple of years.
1: Sorry Adam, um you obviously had a chance to look at the plans in detail. Were floodlights mentioned?
0: They weren't. No, they weren't. Yeah, so you I, see yeah the plans were very basic, so I think really the plans were laid out as a as a means to entice investment. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't like literally it was just a drawing of mm. the, the the new stand and the new terrace and and all all the rest of it. But in terms of details, it, the it was quite light.
1: Okay, yeah, I think definitely. Sorry, Barry, I think definitely floodlights would have to be part of a new development, like because I mean, as I say, one of the best pitches in the country in the best locations. Um, how many games has Killarney had to turn away because they couldn't play them on a Saturday evening in front of the cameras because they had no floodlight sorry Barry, go ahead
2: No, I was just going to ask you personally, I actually I used to love, um, might get one luckily enough to get two um, National League games in Astag Park I don't know, like, like Adam's trying to explain there mightn't be a half as many people at it but it's just it's nearly on top of you and pitch is always good of course and the lights are a big thing but Truly, not just because I'm from Tralee, but it was always a more welcoming kind of feeling playing there on the lights for sure Stadium. could be still packed on a month's final day, but it's it still could be quiet, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, from from myself, I just felt truly. I like I prefer when it's kind of on top of you more than in a space out.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a great atmosphere back in Tralee. I think we saw that this year in the matches that were on there um, in the National League. It was just there's a different vibe like, especially under lights, as you said. So um, yeah, that's one to keep an eye on. Um, Just one last point before I move on to the match. Um, We have to mention Sheafer O'Shea, uh, the Kerry ladies player who unfortunately ruptured her ACL um, last weekend, which obviously rules over for the rest of the season. Um, We have to pass on our best wishes to for That's her second time picking up uh, the same injury in the space of three seasons. So very unlucky for her, very unlucky for Kerry. Sean, I think Kerry would have been quite strong favourites going into that Mayo match this weekend in Thurles on Saturday. Does Sheeffer's absence maybe skew the odds in Mayo's favour a little bit?
1: Yeah, she's she's a massive loss item. Um, she's been a pivotal part of that attack now for the last two years. Um, obviously, the, you know, second time doing it is just absolutely terrible news for herself and obviously for for the team and the management. Um, I thought she was really, really good against uh, against Meath, you know, and that really, really, a real battle, and that's what she is, she's a real, she's got the skills, and she's a great score taker, but she's got the battling qualities as well, just a real leader on the pitch, you know, Um, so best wishes to Sheafer and her recovery. It will, it'll, you know, you know, Mayo will look at it now and say carry her down, one of their real, real important players, Um, but at the same time, Declan and Dara will look at it and say, right, look, it's a big blow to us, but we've spent the last two years building a squad. Uh we've always talked about our squad and how we have ready-made replacements. John Kiley mentioned after the Limerick hurling win there at the weekend that injuries don't really bother him, that he knows that there's someone coming in itching to get the jersey. You know, I was referring obviously to Declan Hannon being out. So I think Kerry are going to have to adopt the same approach. They have a squad there. They've 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 really built it over the last couple of years. So it's somebody else's opportunity now to come in and, and take Sheafer's place and drive it on.
0: Yeah, best of luck to the girls and to Dara and Declan as well. Um, that match is on at 5pm on Saturday. It's a double header with the other semi-final between uh, Cork and Dublin. So hopefully we'll have another All-Ireland final to look forward to uh, after that one. Um, so let's move on to to the men's team. All-Ireland final on Sunday, Kerry against Dublin at half three in Crow Park. Um, I wanted to go back in time a bit, uh, Barry John. I wanted to ask you what were your first memories uh, of watching Dublin and Kerry um, play might have been.
2: Uh, my first memories were. I think it was two thousand and one. Um, it was the first game. Was a thirdless carry in Dublin. Mm-hmm. We'd uh, we'd Vinnie Murphy. He was play- he played with Dublin. I think he came on and got a goal or a point something anyway in that game. But he was with our club for a few years previous, and um, he never really got a goal with Kerry. So I remember Dad coming home saying, "This fella's is good enough to be in with Kerry," and he played with Dublin or whatever. And we were always waiting for him. then going to the game, when I'd probably grown up, then I kind of realised, okay, who's who? And then he's coming on for Dublin. And it was kind of like, okay, how's this? How's this? He hasn't he was with a Kerry club, and now he's gone back. We were in, we were in the middle of all Kerry people. I remember when Vinny came on and scored, sure. We were all wearing Kerry gear. both 10-strand old people just jumping up and down, like forgetting <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Sporting Kerry. But it was just, that was my first time, and it's probably one of my... Main memories probably of actually when I probably kind of got into football then just seeing that someone that's training me is actually out there now because at the time we probably didn't have anyone with Strand Road as a forward like I probably was a forward, Barry O'Shea probably was around there but Vinny mean, was kind of the top of the of our of our club that, at that stage and training all the underage so it's kind of an idol so it really kicked on probably from there with the interest.
0: Kerry didn't really play Dublin in the 90s Sean I I don't know would you (laughs) I don't want to age you too much but you probably can't remember that far like when it's the 80s like you would have been you would have been quite young like do you remember the Kerry Dublin matches back then
1: no no I the only Kerry Dublin matches I remember is because I would have played Kerry's golden years videotape on loop for (laughs) (laughs) so that's the only games I could remember seeing on the tv in fact uh, the first the first time I was ever in Croke Park, uh, I saw Dublin. Uh, it was 1989, and it was the All Ireland semi final between Cork and Dublin. Um, I don't know why, but my father, my uncle brought me. Don't know how we ended up with a Cork Dublin All Ireland semi final, but sure enough, I was there. So it was my very first time in Croke Park. Just I remember it like it was yesterday. Heartbeat uh, Dublin and I think went on to win the All-Ireland or did they lose to Meath maybe? No, they won it, cause it they was the won, sport, yeah, yeah. because they did back-to-back, didn't they? They won yeah. in 89 and 90. So um, so absolutely the same as Barry John because Kerry and Dublin didn't, didn't meet in the 90s. We were waiting and waiting and that's the first time they met then in the championship was... Uh, 2001, I'm obviously a little bit older than Mary John, and, but was at the game like that as a supporter up with the Kerry crowd. It was a novelty, I suppose, having Kerry in Dublin and Thurles. you know. Um, but the atmosphere in both games was just sensational. And of course, we'll always be remembered for uh, for Morris's equaliser with Tommy Carr behind him, shouting at him, and Morris just ignoring him, ignoring the noise and just floating it. Actually, I saw it again today. Adam you put a brilliant piece together which in fairness you're getting a lot of kudos on Twitter for it. it was a fantastic piece by you all the important scores between Kerry and Dublin going back to 75 was it um and you have that one included from Morris and I mean the more you look at it I mean what a score like just it's the stuff you dream about like and it just typifies why Morris was my hero growing up and, and why he was the hero to many young footballers and Kerry it was just incredible um and then the replay, I think we we kind of... Was it Johnny Crowley put on a masterclass in the replay? Then you have one of those goals included. Well, in that, just Johnny was on fire that year. I think he got an all-star. Um, and yeah, that was it, I suppose. We we, we turned them over that day, but um, we didn't meet them again then until I think it was 04, wasn't it? Uh, Darryl Pineda got a crucial goal that day, came down off the post and he buried it. So, And of course, the rest is history. We've, we've met them a good few times since, but um, haven't always got the better of them, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, Golden Years video deserves a lot of credit, to whoever put it together because it's just I, I know we all watched it, like no matter what generation we were, we all watched it. I'd I'd love to know what percentage of Kerry footballers fell in love with Kerry from from watching those tapes.
1: Un- unbelievable, I'd say. Unbelievable. I, I'll never forget um we bought we bought it. My my father landed in the door in at Christmas nineteen eighty six or something like that. And uh uh it with a video a video recorder. And uh geez, this thing was like it was like a spaceship coming in the door, like you know? <laughs> it was unbelievable. But I'll never forget, like, when that Golden Years video came out, jeez, we had it, well, I certainly had it worn from playing it, like. Um, you could nearly, I could nearly rattle off all the commentaries off it between Mihalo O'Hare and Michal and uh, Mick Dunn was a great commentator, actually. And sure, you'd have him, you'd, you'd be out in the backyard in you know, replicating the commentaries, like, you know, it was just brilliant. Uh, every house in Kerry had one, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think, um... I read an interesting article during the week. um, Someone was talking about the Kerry and Dublin rivalry and why it's so, I suppose, important in the GAA. And they made the point that um, when Kerry and Dublin came to prominence in the 70s, those were the first finals that were played in colour television. So before that, it was all black and white. And all of a sudden, it kind of exploded onto the screens and you had these great players from Dublin, great players from Kerry. And if you talk to... I think that's a big reason why, if you talk to people from all over Ireland, they could be from any county, up the north or anywhere, and you tell them you're from Kerry, they, they go back and they talk about Pat Spillane and O'Dwyer and all those legends because that's when they probably fell in love with football as well. And mm-hmm. it's not like nowadays where there's GA Go and you can pay ten euro to watch Louth against Derry or whoever it was. You know, like you had to watch what was on TV and it was yep. it was predominantly Kerry and Dublin. So um, it's amazing mm-hmm. history, and I think um as you said they didn't play between 1985 and 2001 but it still managed to stay you know very very prominent in people's minds so um i want to move on to to your playing days sean what's your first memory of playing against dublin
1: was it 04 as well actually yeah under jack jack's first year did we play them above in parnell park in a in a in a league game uh Actually, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was actually earlier than that, Adam. Sorry, it was. It was. It was 2002 under Paddy Audio O'Shea. Yeah, uh, but it was in Parnell Park. Yeah. Um, so that was my first opportunity. Yeah, playing against the Dubs. It was. Uh, it was up there when they used to play all their games in Parnell Park. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just like that, you know, the blue jersey and the history. You know, you 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 know, you recognise that and you. It, it was a big thing to party as well, you know, because obviously he had that history with the dubs going back from his time. And uh I remember being in the dressing room before the game and you could see it meant a lot more to him. I think we had played uh, it was the time when um the league was split up into two. Um I actually think it might have be, actually been earlier than than I th- I actually I think it might have been ninety-nine, being winter of ninety-nine. Um and, your age, no, but... uh, I know, I know. <laughs> well, I I got in I got into the Kerry setup kind of in around that time. And we played our first three league games were um, away to Cork. Uh, we won at home to Tyrone um, and we won and away to Dublin. And then it split through the winter. Do you Remember when it used to break up after the okay. first three and we, we beat Cork and beat Tyrone and, and lost to Dublin actually above uh, in Paranel Park. And um, I came on in a sub in, as in all three games and then that winter party told a lot of us that we were going away with the under-21s. So he sent a lot of the young fellas back to the under-21s, but it was a great experience. I'd say I might have only played maybe between the three games. I probably only played about 15 minutes, 20 minutes max, but it was massive experience for a 19-year-old, you know. Um, but even coming on above against Dublin and Parnell Park, you could just tell it was different and it was different for party he, he obviously had that history with Dublin, but... Um, a great experience, but uh, as you said, Adam, the, the, the history between the two counties is just phenomenal and they'll create a bit more now on Sunday. Hopefully we'll come out the right side of it.
0: I suppose Paddy is one of those guys who would have kept that rivalry alive for the fellas who never experienced it uh, throughout the 90s. I, I'm sure he would have just relished playing against Dublin and brought up all the old stories about how, you know, they did this to us back then and, you know, we oh, owe yeah. them one and...
1: Yeah, yeah. He he, uh, he. Before that game, he grabbed the ball um, just before we were going out, and uh, I'll never forget it. There was a, a kind of a skylight in the dressing room in Parnell Park, you know, just above our heads, and uh, he caught the O'Neills and whatever he was saying just as his last his last bit of emotion before we were going out the dressing room door. He caught the O'Neills and just bounced it down onto the ground, and it flew up and smashed the head. Smashed the skylight above our heads. So, as we were going out after the pitch, fellas were kind of covering their heads and checking their hair for, for bits, of, bits of glass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had hair back then, believe it or not. But uh, yeah, just great memories. Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, I actually,
1: sorry, I, I dubs like are so funny. The fans, Declan O'Keefe was in goals. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, did he come up and like this wouldn't have been the done thing at all in the day? No, he didn't actually. It was, it was this, either the start of the game or half time. And Declan was running into the goals to take up his position. And you know, there's a kind of a, a, ter- a, a stand behind one of the goals in Parallel Park. I think it's the the one nearest closest to the dressing room. And uh, as, as Declan was running in to take up his position, the whole stand in unison just started doing sheep noises. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? As if Dickton was this farmer from Red Moor, you know, all you could hear was "baa baa" as Dickon was running into the course. Uh, just brilliant stuff all altogether, you know.
0: Very, right, John. Um, can you remember your first time playing against Dublin in Crow Park, and what was that experience like? Because I mean, it is it is effectively a it's a home game for them when you when you go up there. Yeah, first
2: time in Crow Park. Was probably a league game. I think my my actually first game for the Kerry Seniors was a, was my debut. I came on against Dublin in, in Killarney, and um, I'm right here. I think I think Jack's mom passed away, so he wasn't with us that weekend. Of that weekend to Sunday, so I'm not sure who it was. Gerald Kiefer or someone was involved, but I was number twenty five or twenty six, so I was thrown in. And I remember the other Barry John was starting. He was on the year before that. You won to All Ireland in zero nine, so I thought I was. Yeah. The, 19 years of age, I will not even in with the 21s, brought along just to make up the numbers, folks were probably contesting for something, and there was about 10 minutes left, and I say it was in the melting pot, and I was thrown in, and kicked. out came out, and I, can't, I forget my man's name now, I was marking, but I went out to go for a him and I hit off him a bit, and he tried to waste time for the upper point, and um, I kind of got a bit ticked Then my tongue, he me. I remember two of us were catching each other by the throat, and I was only about 10 stone, and I was like, someone better come in here now, or this could get very hairy. And all I could feel was a push coming back. And then I looked back, and there was Manny he had had him by the trot, And he nearly had another fellow by the trot, <laughs> And he was kind of more or less telling kind of one in there, going in there. <laughs> so straight away, like as Manny does. Like that was what Age would have been back then, Manny. So those in 10. but well, he was 30, I suppose. Would he been thirty? Yeah, he would, yeah. Yeah, around that yeah. yeah. So I would have been watching him for nearly the bones of six or seven years doing that like for teammates and unreal. Like, like Sean said, you're of course, you're playing with your club, and I was still young. I was probably only on the scene two years with my own club at senior level. And you just see someone backing you up, and you're just like, Jesus, you want to be here. And
0: when when it came to playing them in Crow Park, did you get much advice from the older fellas about how to deal with the crowd and how to deal with the atmosphere?
2: Um, you would, I suppose. But like saying that, that, that team that I was coming into, besides zero nine, the chance team that we they won by I don't know, was it twenty twenty something points? It wasn't until probably 11 that we got to meet them where it was a full-out crowd, you know, because the 9 game was nearly over. I say they were leaving after 20 minutes. So it was nearly probably new to all of us. Um, as the years went on, of course, some has made great points. Like I remember I was with um, Dunica and Declan, and um, Dunica, like he just doesn't stop running, like, but they were trying to see could we get any game of interest and things out of it. And Declan was just trying to say, lads, there's no point we're going to say we're going to do this or that. We won't be able to communicate, we won't get anything across. So we we're trying to keep it to a minimum setting up four or five plays on a press kick out there's no point because like you're not going to get a truth. Um the biggest noise I've ever heard is if if when Dublin change when they get in top or four or a big turnover. Like you you actually cannot even hear yourself. It is a sixteen man. I know it's a cliche like, but it actually does feel everything else feels more pressure. Um so I'm looking forward to, that, to the weekend now to be fair to see when Dublin do get their purple patch, how do you react? How do you how do you stay composed? Like even the reaction we were up for last year. And we got a penalty, and that he, he saved it, and it was like they got a goal. reaction, you mm. know? I kind of,
0: yeah.
2: Um, no, it's interesting. It is. It is an extra man. But look, if you told me take Dublin out if you want to win, you want to play in four Park. Every kid wants to play in four Park in the run-up. Unfortunately, we're not from Dublin. They they're getting that home advantage. But you want to you want to be if you want to play if you want to play in the best stadium, it's four Park. If you want to beat the best, it probably is Dublin.
0: Would it drive fellas on, Sean, to, to to have that kind of factor against you? If you're a player playing for Kerry now and you hear the Dublin roar coming with Dublin push on, I suppose it can go one or two ways. But like but There's probably a fear factor maybe for some fellas but, for other fellas, but would it drive you on at all?
1: Yeah, I actually heard Tyke Morley, you mentioned off the ball earlier, they're obviously doing their bits and pieces this week and Tyke did an interview with Tommy Rooney. And I saw a small snippet of it earlier and that's, he was asked that question and sure, Tyg said, sure, that's why you play the game. You you want you want to play Dublin above and Croke Park and all in the final, like. Right? Sure. How do you find out about yourself? How how? What memories will you have to tell your kids and grandkids in years to come? Like you know, it's sure, They're the games you want to play. That's why you that's why you put on a pair of boots in the first place. And if you get to that level, they're the games you want to play in. So you will find out an awful lot about yourself in those in those circumstances. And the Kerry lads will find out a lot about themselves on Sunday. When, as Barry John said, Dublin get that purple patch, we hope it won't be for too long, and we hope we'll be able to deal with it. But sure, that's how you—that's how you find out about yourself and and your teammates and where you're at. And I think the lads—I think a lot of that Kerry team will look forward to it. I know we talk about this Kerry team about being a young team, but I mean they're together now a good long while, like you know, and they 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 know each other well, and they'll they'll be well prepared for for what's coming down the tracks, you know. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to now to see what Dublin throw at us and and, and have we our homework done and are we prepared? Because uh, Dublin will, will come with something different on Sunday. You know, they were put to the pin of their collar in the first half against Mayo and, and for a lot of the game against Monaghan. So I think they're going to come with something different against us on Sunday. But I think we'll we'll have to come with something different too. So it's it's nicely poised, but certainly you know, playing Dublin in their own backyard with that hill, you know, heaving and blue, covered in blue, and you see a small little green and gold pocket in inside in the middle of it, you're going, Jesus, this is where you want to be like, you know.
0: Barry Janik, I'm going to put you in a, a scenario here. Imagine you're inside in the carry panel uh, preparing for this match. You're four days out from a final. Where's your head at personally at this stage of, of things?
2: Uh, so I suppose um, they would have met probably after the the Derry game, Tuesday probably gonna be a recovery a bit on Thursday and they would have been probably playing, they probably have had two A versus B games so last weekend I say Saturday they played A versus B so you'd get your feel whereabouts you are on the panel. I don't think the team will change much to be fair And um, but like that, Tony Rostin unfortunately um, is out of the mix so Killian Svland probably will come back in but like that there could be a space for someone else with someone dropping We don't. That, that's all we know so far. You'd be probably you the Tuesday night be only little you might play ten or fifteen minutes, but it'd be protocol stuff like you wouldn't want to be going through a fella. Um Thursday, Thursday probably be a few kicks just go over, and you want the last few days you want to just relax, You want to enjoy it, um, take it all in in a good way. You know, don't be meeting everyone and keep to yourself maybe meet up with the players even though you want to be with them Saturday and Sunday, um. And then Saturday, look, you have to enjoy it. You have to enjoy it. Have a bit of crack, talk about something else. You'll get there. You'll get relaxed. They'll push. They'll feed you. And um, They'll probably have a meeting just to go over a few bits again. Um, like, they'll probably be doing these things the last two or three months anyway, whatever they're going over. So it's probably just getting back over them. And then you get a bit of downtime, I suppose. I usually probably went up to Donny or Gooch and you'd watch something on TV and just take your mind off it. Make sure you get a good night's sleep and get a good breakfast next morning. And get rubs out of the way if you want the straps just so you don't be in Croker then and, and they're trying to get a bit of stuff done. Once you get on that bus, I suppose it is time to tune in then. Um, I used to enjoy the bus thing to be fair once it got to close enough to croak or you've seen the colours and I don't know, there's a bit of a a bit of satisfaction in yourself to show that you've got here because like, like many years I was walking up as a young fella as every kid does looking at the bus I couldn't wait to see for the bus and it's kind of a pinch yourself moment but you have to get into reality then and say I oh, deserve to be here I right, put in the effort. So um, I'll be a spectator next day, and I still nearly get it. <clears throat> I was looking at the bus, um, seeing it, and I have my own young flash. So it kind of came full circle in a way.
0: When you're a player, Sean, do you find it easy, or did you find it easy to enjoy the week, or were you nervous in the build-up to the final? How did you deal with it?
1: Um, no, very similar to Barry John there. So sure, you're, um, surely you're buzzing, like you're buzzing. Sure, this 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 is where. When you were trudging around the small pitch in Fitzgerald Stadium or doing the hard runs over in Austin Sack Park or wherever you may have been uh, back in January, February, National League, real hard National League games, this is where you wanted to be. sure you wanted to be there on the last day. You wanted to be one of the last two standing. Um, thankfully, when I was involved, more often than not, we were. And, you know, you got used to it then every year. Everything became a bit easier. Of course, your first year or my first year in the final was 2002, sure. Looking back, probably a little bit naive in terms of my preparation, you know, like, you know, dealing with tickets and, you know, you were getting your suit and all that type of stuff. And maybe, maybe you certainly I probably got a little bit preoccupied with with that kind of razzmatazz stuff, you know, maybe probably did maybe one or two interviews leading into it more than I should have, you know, looking back now. But then as you kind of learn every year and, and, and thankfully enough, we were able to get back there to the biggest stage time and time again. Every year, then it got a bit easier. You know, you got the tickets out of the way earlier. The suit didn't mean as much anymore. You know, you got that done. It was actually being done earlier and earlier. Actually, every year. You know, geez, we used to win a semi-final, and Sean Hussey from Tralee nearly be inside of the dressing room waiting for you to take your measurements. <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> um, you know, and that's that. That's not to sound um, that we didn't take all of that stuff. You know, we appreciated it like we didn't take it for granted. You know, because. You know, people look at our record and see that we got to, was it six finals in a row in the noughties? But Jesus, that took an awful lot of hard work, lads. You know, that didn't happen by accident, you know. So, so when we did get taller in a week, then of course we enjoyed it. But I mean, the crack, like as Barry John said there, the crack used to be mighty. you go up on the train there and you'd have the Shays and Mahoney and Tom Sullivan and Mike McCarthy, and, you know, there'd be a card game going on down the back, and, you know, it's not like we weren't concentrated or taking it seriously, but it, you have to unwind. You can't be you can't be around the place tints all weekend waiting for the fucking first ball to be thrown in. You have to just let let that downtime come as well. You're amongst friends. Do you know what I mean? As Barry John said there. You're in the bubble. You're amongst friends, and um, sure, look, it's it's come half three then on on the Sunday, you're ready to go. Um, and of course, if you were to win, then the week after takes on a life of its own, but. The hard part is is, is winning it, but uh, yeah. So look, been there, know where the lads are. I know Jack is a stickler; he loves his he loves the Tuesday night. You know, the football is, as Barry said, there about fifteen or twenty minutes. Fellas are are playing the the game, the small little game of training, but they're 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 holding back because they know they've got loads to give on Sunday. Like you know, it's just not going through the motions, but they're just keeping it in reserve. Uh Thursday is just a light kick around and, and then uh, they're ready to go. Um but he likes, you know, I know they stay in Dunbine again. I think they're staying in Dunbine again, Barry, which Jack Jack loved the Dunbine Hotel. It was out of the way, but it was a nice little bus journey then into into Dublin on Sunday morning. And so yeah, he's gone back to his his old his old routines and and that's important as well.
0: Yeah, you just reminded me there of say traveling to matches and and tuning in. I remember playing playing for the same. And like, there's obviously a much smaller a much smaller stage, but I remember we'd get on the bus to Cork or somewhere to play a schools match, and we'd be gone about 15 minutes. And the next thing we'd be having the crack, and someone would turn around normally, normally one of the croaks boys. So it'd be Smiler or Karen Leary, one of these fellas. They'd turn around and go, right that's time to tune in now, and everything was like silent. And I'd be cracking on the bus. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, the yeah. school, 20 fellas in the bus, and have the crack. And you have to pretend you're sort of thinking about the match, but yeah, probably, yeah. probably shows you why I am. They had such a good football career, and I didn't, I suppose <laughs> they were thinking about these things when they were 18, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so look, um, Barry John, you mentioned Tony Braston there. Unfortunately, the news came out on Wednesday that um, Tony is going to be missing the match with um recurrence of a respiratory issue. So, um, you feel very bad for Tony, obviously, I haven't been there all year, and I think in fairness to him he showed well at stages in the league, and he's always been one of the first subs on as well. So, um it's definitely a blow for Kerry, I suppose, on the flip side. Killing's plan coming back in uh, is a positive. How much of a role do you think Barry John, Killing's plan, will play or can he play the next day against Dublin? Uh,
2: to be fair, I think he's he's a big enough role to play. Um, he's probably the next man up for that inside line if Tony was fit. Um, I'm presuming he got two weeks of good training under him previous to the semi-final. He made like the extended penalty. He was togged out number twenty-eight, so he would have got another two weeks, which is massive. Just even for fitness, he has the football. He's ridiculously talented skill set, Um that just doesn't go away. And look, he's been there. He's been there. He's been. He came on last year. Got two points. He got us a replay. It was in two thousand twenty or nineteen when he got the one one or one two when he came on. So he's been there. Um, hopefully, he's just got a few uh, good training sessions behind him, and if he's needed, um, he will. He will help the. He will help Steve was probably more of an outside player. Would you be asking be bringing Donald Downs in on his first his first game? Um other than that, I don't know. Have they been using like Michael Burns' wing forward? They haven't really been using many corner forwards besides Tony in those crucial games like. What
0: do you think, Sean? Can you can you see Stephen O'Brien maybe like putting up his hand this week or, or is he better off coming off the bench?
1: Oh yeah, look, he's definitely put up the hand, but I I can't see them starting him. I can't. I I think they need Harry will have to Perry will have to try and match as best as possible Dublin's impact off the bench, and for that reason, I think what Stephen showed against Derry was that when he comes in, he definitely he you know he can bring something that we that we will need. So quite honestly, I don't think the first fifteen will change from the Derry game. I think they'll go with as is. Um, and just back that 15 to have Kerry have us in a position where when we do, they need to bring on the likes of Stephen and hopefully Killian. Um, Obviously devastating for Tony. He would have been one of those top three or four to come in. That we're in a position where we can bring these guys on to to get us over the line. Um, So, yeah, I I think the 15 that started against Terry will start. I'd be very surprised if if that change changes up, you know.
0: What about Dublin, Barry John? Obviously, they've got a lot of, lot of strength and depth. Um, guys like Kieran Kilkenny coming in the last day. Do you think they'll make many changes? Do you think Kilkenny being a man for the big occasion, might get the nod from the start?
2: Uh, yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, like people above, a few friends that I have that play it, like they just they, they think it's mind-boggling that he's not starting. Like the last three years, has probably been the most consistent. Um, if I was Kerry, I'd Prefer if he didn't start, of course. I think that he's more of an impact, but like, who's he going to come in for? Maybe, like, if he came in for a Niles Scully, Niles Scully's not going to give you the same impact coming on. Um, maybe the same scenario as Adrian's plan starting for us, Steve, was going to give you more of an impact coming on. Um, I think Kerry should be looking into if Kilkenny is coming on. I know he came on a bit earlier last day now because Niles Scully got blackguarded and he didn't get much time after, but. I think you need to bring on fresh legs. I think Green. I think you need to stick Breen on him and put him the other way. Um, did a right-hole battle last year. Um, I watched it back was it, the, the weekend, and Breen had an awesome game. I think Kilkenny just came to the floor. He got two or three maybe to bring it back. Um, it was just a ridiculous battle. Like, Green, like I take it for granted, like he's showing for the kick-out, and then he's nearly trying to break the line, two or three people, and then he has to mark Kilkenny. So I said Jack will have those things lined up as well. As with Dublin, Dublin will be looking at someone to bring on Steve as because they know he's powerful. You're not going to stop him if he comes on after 50 minutes and fellas, legs are tired. So Dublin will have I don't know if McCaffrey be suited to it, but it might be that. So there's a lot of battles coming on that will have to be looked at as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Look, let's let's go through the Dublin team that started against manheim before we just do a quick run through the matchups that we we think might happen. So. Obviously, clocks in goal, full back line of Michael Fitzsimons, David Byrne, Lee Gannon. Half back line, Owen Merchant, Brian Howard and John Small. Fenton and McCarthy in midfield, uh, Nyle Scully, Paul Mannion and Paddy Small in half forward line. And then Costello, Conno and Colin Basquel, And then Kieran Kenny came on in the first half. Jack McCaffrey came on in the second half. Lorcan O'Dell, Dean Rock and Tom Lehiff. So, looking at that lineup, up uh, Sean... We'll probably start with with Kerry's main man David Clifford. Is it open and shut that that Fitzsimons would be the man to, to go on him? Do you think?
1: I think so. Let's. I think so. I mean, I, I I don't think they'll I don't think they'll plump for anyone else there really. Um, Fitzsimons has marked him before. Fitzsimons picked up Conor McManus against Monaghan, did okay. Look, McManus did what he does, kicked some beauties. Was it three or four? Was it five or six? With frees included, like Fitzsimons has marked David before and. He's he's done as any he's done as good as any other cornerback in the country can do what Clifford like, you know what I mean? And what will Dublin have lined up for David? You know, obviously Fitzimers is going to need a bit of a bit of help, but I think they're just gonna to have to back him to go on him and and, and do his best. You know, what, what else can you do? Um so yeah, I think I think he's probably nailed on there to pick him up. Um the other ones are interesting. Um I think they might dis I, I wonder would they push Merchant on hardy Um because look, let's be honest about it. I suppose hardy um as uh, he's so important for us, but when he's really, really tightly man-marked, um, you know, is he as influential as, as he can be? You know, that's the big question. And and I'm only thinking now with Desi Farrell and Pat Gilroy's caps on here. You know, Merchant is a guy who if Pawdy goes deep looking for the ball, Merchant will have no problem going down deep with him and, and actually would probably fancy going up that side of the field, you know? So for me, that could be one that Dublin might look at. James McCarthy is another one, lads. I, I know he's been predominantly operating around midfield, half back line. I wonder would they stick him on Shawnee, you know, just to maybe curb Shawnee's influence and, and, and get Shawnee going the other way? look, that's just a curveball now by me. Maybe not. They might just leave it as is, uh, which I'd be quite happy with, to be honest with you. Um, and and they do get so much from McCarthy, particularly in the second half, driving from from the middle of the field. So they probably won't, but I'm just thinking out loud. Um, so the rest really, like uh, Paul Ganey, Gannon, Gannon on Ganey or Davy Byrne, possibly. I I, I don't, I, I'm not sure there. Um, but like, I think the bottom line here, lads, from Kerry's attack point of view is that we know what we're probably going to get from David, you know. But can we get enough from the rest of the lads? That's, that's going to be huge. Like, can the rest of the lads have the game of their lives the next day? Because I firmly believe that's where the winning of it is. The winning isn't on what David does. The winning of the game is what Paul does, what Shawnee does, what Paulie does, what Dara can bring, what Adrian Splane can bring. We're going to get scores from our half-back line. Tom Sullivan's probably going to pop up and get a few scores. Paul Murphy is probably going to come up maybe and, and deliver something. De'Amico O'Connor, can he produce something from the middle of the field? But can we get scores? Can we get that bit of class, that development? We're going to get the work rate from the lads. We know that. But can we get the finished product from the rest of them? Because if they can deliver that, whatever we get from David, then is a bonus. Do you know what I mean? And that's where the winning of the game is. And I firmly believe that's in the boys' capabilities of doing that. We'll have Steven coming in. We won't have Tony. We'll have Killian Spillane coming in. But can the rest of the lads deliver on the biggest day against the toughest opposition? I think they can. If they do, we'll win.
0: Yeah, I think Dara Moynan is has probably gone under the radar a little bit in the last few matches. There's definitely more in him. It's always hard to judge, I think, um, the likes of Dara and Adrian Spillane without seeing their probably stats like tackle counts and things like that because that's probably their main their main job. Now, obviously, you want your forwards to score, but um, I think they obviously do a lot of work that goes unheard, especially by supporters. I think whenever I do the player ratings, regardless of how the team plays, generally speaking, the half-forwards get lower ratings than everyone else in the pitch because it's a very unglamorous position. I remember I used to play half-forward, but it was a long time before. There was tracking back involved and defending. Like It's just a completely yep. different position. So there's definitely more in Dara, especially if you can kick a point or two, it'd make a huge difference to his game. And he has it in his locker. He does it. He, he's capable of it, but probably haven't seen enough of it. Barry John, at the other end, um, who would you fancy for marking like of Khan and Costello, uh, Basquiat inside the, inside the foot forward line?
2: Yeah, it's tricky because Monaghan, Monaghan kind of dragged Khan up a good bit and Basquel didn't get in the game at all because he had to chase him. Um Tom and Khan had a bit of a battle those first two games Tom probably got the better on the first day but the second day Khan was very good to get four from play um Costello was brilliant last got Man in the match. do you put your next best you put Jason on him then and then you have Graham Like Graham has been very good just going up the field very comfortable on the ball so does he pick up the third then yeah it's it's hard to tell like Dublin will try to keep as much as they can up this time trying to like they want to get what we're tra- talking about about Clifford. They want Conn as close as you can to the goals and just pepper him as much as they can. Because they haven't got what they what they, what he can give this year, and they'll be hoping to get out of them. Just on the other thing, Sean, I think from watching back, Kerry will be trying to isolate. I say, Shawnee on on small and try to just bring him back in again. GC caused awful trouble um, last year. I think Shawnee started outside, but he went in and John Small followed him. He was just he was he was too loose not mm-hmm. good on a high ball Sean he was just too smart for him so that will, I think like all this talk could be brilliant for the first 10 minutes but it could just everything could go to the path. then like once like I said the, the dogs get a score someone something big happens like the crowd just come and it's just your head has to start thinking then how are we going to just get through this 10 minutes and, yeah, we can and have, then you can regroup a bit again like yeah and I agree
1: I, I think as I said earlier on I think Kerry will have to come with something different and it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Sean Shea operating inside next to David at times you know, and and going with that kind of focal point and maybe party comes out or maybe party stays inside, you know, I think they're definitely going to have to come with something different, like, you know, um like on, on, on the other side, like I, I know we'd be talking about these matchups, so I actually wrote that I'd fancy Jason Foley to go on Khan and Graham to go on Costello and you leave Tom kind of not free of a marking duty would you maybe take the shackles off Tom a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of being so having to be pinned on to a Khan or a Costello, not taking away the danger that Basquiat or Mannion offer you if he ends up on one of those. But if, he, if you can get Tom over onto one of those fellas, maybe that just frees him up to have a little bit more freedom to go forward, which is what we need from Tom the next day. But again, as, as Barry said, it's all it's 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 fascinating, and it's all hearsay between us, just shooting the breeze here and possible matchups and this and that. You know what? You know what was Mike Tyson's fav- famous saying? You know you you think you've all the work done till you have got to slap in the face, like, and a slap in the face could be a Dublin goal after 20 seconds or a Kerry goal after 20 seconds, and the next thing, it's all up in the air. So it's uh, but it's interesting to talk about it and, and see what the potential matchups can be because you've got so many brilliant players on the pitch. That Sure, look, you only want to see these fellas going up against each other because that's 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 as a spectator, that's what you want to see
0: in terms of tactics. And Sean, as you rightly say, we could all be making fools of ourselves here because we don't know what we don't know what's going to happen yeah. in the first five minutes next day. But tactically speaking, what do Kerry need to do more than anything else? What do they need to get right more than anything else, in your opinion?
1: I think I think that I think the blueprint we should be looking at is the first the, the Mayo first half against Dublin. Now look will Dublin go that open against us remains to be seen. I, I I don't think Dublin have been overly cautious this year in terms of playing a man back all the time. You know, I know Howard does a lot of covering work similar to what Tyde Morley does for us, but I don't think they do it um to maybe the extent they used to do it when Keane O'Sullivan, Sullivan for instance was there in the Dublin jersey, you know. So I think if we look at that Mayo first half against Dublin, Mayo were just so, so good at getting the ball up the field fast, definitely through the kick pass, getting it in quick to the inside line. I personally think as good as that inside line were for Mayo against Dublin, Tommy Conroy, Ryan O'Donoghue and Aidan O'Shea, to a certain extent, he was like the the foil for the two lads. I I definitely think our inside line is, is better and can cause Dublin even more problems. So I think we have to try and, you know, you're trying to get the ball to your best players in the field time and time and time again. And our best way of winning this game the next day is getting it into our shooters and getting to our scorers. So it's not rocket science. It's not reinventing the wheel. The issue here is how are we going to best get the ball through the lines and get it into the lads as quickly with as least touches the ball as possible. Because the more touches we have on the ball, the more chance we have of Dublin getting back in front of us, putting pressure on us around the middle third, forcing us then to carry it into tackles and down cul de And that's where we don't want to be. We can play that game if you want. We're well equipped to do it. We show it against Derry, we can do it. We show it against Tyrone, we can do it. We, we can be patient. But we're at our best when we move the ball at speed, get it in fast through the lines and into the boys inside. So how we're going to do that the next day is going to be crucial because that's the winning of the game right there for us. But Dublin will think the same. Dublin will think that they can get at our full-back line as well and they'll be trying to do the same, which... Makes it such a fascinating game.
0: I wonder, Barry John, what they'll do uh, for Steven Cluxton's kick out. Obviously, he's the master of the kick out, and he's uh, in his home his home ground. He's going to be, you know, he's very hard to to put pressure under, or it's very hard to put pressure on him up there. He seems to just always find pockets of space to put the ball into, even if it's a tiny pocket, he finds it. So you could argue that Kerry have maybe played a bit better this year when they've stepped off the kick off kick out a little bit. When they've got their bodies back and then managed to turn teams over and attack quickly, as Sean said, what can you do against Stephen Cluckson's kick-out?
2: Uh, well, probably the two scenarios there is like Kerry won't be able to press all the time. Uh, mostly probably after freeze where they can get set. And the flip side of that, like you said, if it's something from play or if it was short, they can drop back to the 45. The, probably from midfield back, they can get set up. But as you've seen, as the games went on, the teams were getting cuter. Like Derry the last they were very patient. They didn't mind mind them for two or three minutes. The Dubs are the exact same. Like you could see the Dubs going through, and you're like, "This is a chance." But if it's not nearly above the ninety percent, they could nearly pop it back out to the forty-five, put the hand up again, and reset. So they, they're cute to know when to go and when to have a quick one as well. So it's going to be they're going to be teasing each other. And Kerry kick go, not too sure. Dub, the Dublin one on that. Now a big thing is I might be wrong. You might disagree, but. Tyke Morley is probably Paddy Talley's fella to organise all that and try to get free him up, maybe, to play on the D, so we're not leaving too much go through. Um, Dublin, of course, is going to be look, if I was looking at it for that. We have to put someone that's going to either score or he's going to be assisting from whoever's marking him. He can't have the best of both worlds. Then if you're on the flip side, Dublin are going to be looking right. Adrian Spillane chips in one or two. He'll work very hard back to field. Will we just cheat off him and put Howard creeping in into, into the D? So, like, there's, there's so many things that are exciting. They actually are said You'll probably have to go to the game, watch, it, and then come home and watch it again to see that these things fulfill what you thought was going to happen. But Howard is going to try to achieve it. We know, we, I think Dublin are definitely more worried of David than probably Kerry or of, of Khan at the moment, looking at the past few. Like,
1: like, going back to the, the Cluxton kickout, like, I suppose our best defensive display this year was against Tyrone. And we let Tyrone have. Every kick out, didn't we? Really, yeah. Uh, and set up that way. So I wonder, are we? Are we? Has Paddy been priming us for the biggest day against potentially Dublin? Yeah. That. Yeah, we 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 let we we let Tyrone have the kick out. We worked incredibly hard defensively. We turned over and broke. So do we adapt that again? We didn't overly do do that well against Derry, um, mm-hmm. but we bring that to the fore now again on Sunday? Let Cluxton pop it out short. Have our defensive set up, as Barry said, get set up behind. And let's see, can Dublin break us down? And if we can turn in the tackling and the, the turnover and the, the speed break that we did, uh, or, or the break speed against uh, Tyrone the next day, and, and, and up it, geez, we'll go a long way to, to winning it and frustrating them, you know?
2: Tyrone game, lads, if you look back at it, there's some of their shot selection, like, Kerry were nearly drawing him in, giving them pocket space, and then they were having a rushing a bit where, you go back to the Derry game, Derry were patient. Even in the second half when their percentage was only, what, 4 out of 14, the two goal chances, like, they actually found two pockets, um, mm-hmm. number six. Like, he probably took an extra play there. It was a great save by Shane, but...
1: Yeah, McKinley, yeah.
2: The <laughs> that point, probably a backdoor extra pass where you just have to... They're going to be... Their radar is probably a bit more than what Kerry have missed in a forward line for maybe 70 minutes. When the legs get fired or bring bringing on Kilkenny, he, that man will go over and back before he shoots and he knows 100%. Like He's not taking a pop shot. Dean Rock is very similar. He's been around. So we just have to be wary of that as well. Mm.
0: I think, yeah, like for 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 Dublin's kickout anyway, I think what happened over the course of the season, he, when they played Mayo and Killarney, Kerry got opened up uh, when when they pressed and Mayo went long. I think Mayo scored something like 1-6 off, off long kickouts. And since then there's been a change in Kerry, especially against the good teams where they're like, right, we're not letting that happen again. That's obviously a weakness that's been identified. So we saw it against Tyrone, as you mentioned, Sean, where they where they dropped off and said, Right, come and break us down that way. Rather than giving teams a platform in midfield where they only have half the pitch to run. See if you can run at the full length of the pitch. And most teams probably can't. And when Kerry are set defensively, they're as good as anyone. Realistically, Mm -hmm. like, you know, did they have all the backs are well capable of minding their men and they have the structure in place now uh, to do that job. So I think um, we'll see something similar against Dublin. As you said, Barry John, when there's a free or a mark or something like that, that's when they push. And even against Derry, when they were under pressure and I think traditionally you would have said, right, Kerry are going to push now because they're down three points with 10 minutes to go. They, They didn't really initially, they kind of waited until they got their free. Then when they got the free, then they pushed. They won the ball back. They got another free. They pushed again, and they ended up scoring four or five points in a row. So, I think there's. I think they'll be very slow to 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 leave themselves open after the long kick out, especially with like Fenton so good in midfield and James McCarthy so good breaking off them. And um, I'd be surprised if they went completely away from that. But again, as we say, we don't know what's going to happen. Anything could uh, be up there, up Jack O'Connor's sleeve or Paddy Taylor's sleeve on on Sunday. But look, anyway, one more question I wanted to ask you and. Um, it's an interesting one because obviously it's a final. There's pressure on everyone involved, but Sean, is there more pressure on Kerry to win South Ireland, or is there more pressure on Dublin?
1: Oh God! <laughs> um, look, I suppose internally both teams will be putting pressure on themselves. I mean, you want to you want to win the biggest prize. Um, from the outside looking in. <laughs> yeah I suppose there's probably a little bit more pressure on us um you know we're defending champions, I suppose last year's all Ireland, which was a great one to win, you know we beat the dubs along the way um but to beat them in a final would just be really really good, and it would i suppose would it cement this team's you know place in or, or you know would it would have put them up there with with the great Kerry teams I think it would so, look, I, I the lads won't be heaping any, you know, they, they certainly won't be talking about pressure or heaping any great pressure on themselves, but internally they will be looking at it as a great opportunity for this group of players to make a massive statement, you know? Beating um, Dublin, you know, this Dublin team who, you know, I know they, they they won their six in a row, dropped off the last couple of years, but are we're always hanging around and have been the benchmark, you know, um for other teams. So to get them in a final and have the opportunity to beat them in a final is huge for our group. So I think that's the pressure the lads will be putting on themselves, but it certainly won't be, you know, uh, affecting them on Sunday. They won't be thinking about that. Um they'll be putting pressure on themselves individually to put in massive performances themselves. And if they get enough very, very good performances, both from the starting 15 and the lads coming in, then I think Kerry overall are the better team and will win, but easier said than done, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I definitely take your point, I think there's, um, from Kerry's legacy point of view, and the likes of Clifford, and Shawnee O'Shea, to get a second one, at this stage, would be huge for them, because they still have a long way to go, um, I think as well though, the pressure on the Dublin side, comes from the fact that, look, they don't have to prove anything to anyone, sure they've all, there's lots of fellas there, with eight All-Irelands, or whatever, or seven Ireland. so, they have nothing really to prove. But the fact that they brought Cluxton back in and Mannion and uh, McCaffrey, the way it's been kind of billed as, you know, James McCarthy and, and Mick Fitzsimons and Cluxton's chance of getting nine and beating the Kerry Boys record. I don't know how much that is external or how much of it is coming from, from inside the camp. I'm sure they're maybe not talking about it all pile. but if they were to lose this match, it does put a small blemish on their career. No, they've had fantastic careers. It's only a small blemish. But to go out, presuming that the likes of Cluxton does go out, you know, having come back for a year and then to lose to, you know, an up and coming carry team, is there an argument there that there is some pressure on Dublin to to get over the line?
1: I, I don't think I again I don't think they're the type of individuals and I don't know them from Adam, pardon the pun, but <laughs> like Cluxton doesn't come across to me as a guy who would lie awake at night thinking about those things, Adam, to be honest with you, certainly James McCarthy wouldn't. And I know there's a lot being made of him now this week about the potential of him going to, to nine All All-Irelands. But I think he referred in an interview during the week that yes, obviously it would be fantastic, but he'd get much more satisfaction out of seeing some of the Dublin players win their first one, you know. So they're they're seasoned professionals now when it comes to this type of stuff. And they're they're the they're the um they're just a real team players so I, I, I don't think so I don't think so I just think very similar to the Kerry situation Adam they'll be putting pressure on themselves to deliver their best performance of the season on the biggest day that's that's the only pressure they'll be putting on themselves this week the rest very similar to what Jack will be telling the lads is just outside noise and it's lads like us and the media drumming this stuff up the boys want the both sets of players won't be taking one blind bit of notice of that stuff
0: yeah, you're probably right. It <laughs> won't be taking notice of us anyway, I'd say. Maybe
1: but. Barry might have a different opinion on it, I'm not sure. Oh, I
0: agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, so look, it's it's the last game of the year. It's our last chance to make some predictions. I think over the course of the season, we've uh, had a mixed bag, I think, with the predictions. Sean, you were a good, you, you predicted may over the league, so we give you credit for that. Thanks, Les. The less said about myself and Barry John picking man, the better. <laughs> <In Division laughs> one.
1: They might win Division 2 next year, Les.
0: Yeah, we'll tip them again next year. <laughs> a, we're playing the long game. No, look, all um, our final, last game of the year, obviously it's, it's, it's huge. And I think it's time maybe for the talking to stop. I don't know. But um, Barry John, are Kerry going to get the job done? I
2: have two results. It'll either be a draw or Kerry by one or two.
0: Yeah, you're, <laughs> so he's, he's, he, yeah, you're, you're he's covering yourself
2: the, there. Any
0: <laughs> <isn't> chance <laughs> Dublin I mean, no, you can have three options. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that was like I dear Murphy. Sorry, just going off topic. dear Murphy was told me a great story one time about Dingle were going through a pretty bad patch and he came into the bar after and Dingle they were after getting the beating and um, there was this old fella in the Dingle pub and he was after watching the Lads again and uh, more and what did he think? And he said, "Well, I from what I can see, no, you've three problems." He said, "The backs, the midfield, and the forwards." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he was, cover- he was covering all angles there. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think I think there's I, I think there's a huge performance in Kerry. I really do. I, I think they have been coming along just nicely. Um, the league wasn't great in terms of results. We got enough done. Obviously, put Tyrone to the sword. Tyrone weren't great on the day, but it was a real, real good performance. And we just got a fantastic preparation against, against Derry. We really did. When it looked like it was gone, we, we pulled it out of the fire by just pure character and, and grit and skill and tactics and strength and conditioning. Everything went into that last 10 minutes against Derry to pull us out of that fire and get us into a final so I think we've had great preparation coming in, and I just think there is a huge performance in us. If it's going to take it to win it, um, but I think it's there, and um, it won't be by much. But I, I think we'll get over the line by by possibly a single score, maybe two.
0: Yeah, I'm going to make a three out of three for the the pro carry predictions. Although Barry is kind of a half half carry, half draw, <laughs> but. Um... Yeah, like that, Sean. I, uh, what's impressed me most about Kerry this year is, is their is their character and the mental strength that they've shown. Because if you'd asked me after the Mayo match in Killarney, were Kerry going to win the All Ireland? he put a gun to my head, I, I would have said I would have said no. But to come back from that, um, to to make tweaks to their game, and then to come through. Obviously, the Tyrone game was 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 brilliant, and we all really enjoyed it for for obvious reasons. But to coming through the dairy game the way they did when they were under so much pressure, like they were out of the championship with five minutes to go. Like I think mm-hmm. basically their, their, their goose is cooked. Like, and they just really pulled through in a major way Um, showed intelligence. There was no panic. It was all stick to the game plan and we'll get the job done. And that to me is what makes Kerry different to, you know, even early stages of last year or the year before last it's their intelligence and their mental strength. And, I think in a game like this, where they're so evenly matched, it could be like you say, come down to the final five minutes of the match, it could be a one-score game. I just think that tentatively, I, I, I'm backing Kerry to win by maybe a point or two because I just think they have the they have that mental strength and they have the the work done. Um, over the last two years, that they're now in a position to beat Dublin in this final. So, hopefully, we're all right. Um, well, hopefully, Barry's half right, and myself and Sean are right. And, um, <laughs> we can come back next week and we'll be talking about uh, another All Ireland number 39 in the bag. Um, are you traveling up to the match, Barry John? Do you see that you're after certain tickets?
2: Yeah, I go Saturday, I go Saturday.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, Sean, are you traveling?
1: unfortunately not lads no uh just family stuff going on at the weekend so it'll be um a high stool somewhere for me maybe or or I might pop over and watch it with my father for a bit of peace and quiet or I'll, I don't know what i much get get much peace and quiet over there either but uh yeah so look unfortunately not going but um just fingers and toes crossed that the lads just produce it and we're we're celebrating Sunday evening it would be brilliant it would be absolutely brilliant because look we love our football down here and um it just would be, you know, a great one to win, a really great one to win. So, fingers crossed
0: now. Great stuff, Les. Thanks very much for joining me. Best look to the curry team on Sunday and the Curry ladies as well on Saturday in their semi-final. Hopefully everyone enjoys the weekend. If you're travelling up to Dublin, um, make the most of it and uh, I might see you around the place on Sunday maybe. So, thanks very much
2: for listening and uh, I'll catch you again next week.